0: Welcome to Altiverse of Q, your guide to the Ultimate Universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Some Ultimate X-Men. And some Ultimate Fantastic Four. Also Ultimate Spider-Man. And some Ultimate Spider-Man. Ah, uh, yes. This week we are covering Ultimate X-Men 72 through 74. Along with Ultimate X-Men Annual Number 2 along with Ultimate Spider-Man 95 through 96, along with Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number 2, along with Ultimate Fantastic Four 33 through 38. And it's a... not a great week for comics that we're covering. Nope. Like, even Spider-Man is not at its normal height. And Fantastic Four, while it is something completely new and different, from what it has been so far, like, it feels like an entirely different book. It's weirdly written. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's start with Ultimate X-Men 72 through 74. Magical! Written by Robert Kirkman, with pencils by Tom Rainey, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Gina Going, and June Chung, with letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Professor Xavier takes a moment to talk to Syndicate, the two-headed mutant who helped to get Xavier's money away from the Hellfire Club in exchange for their lives and for helping their sister. But Xavier's call with him is interrupted when Shadowcat's mom calls because she is concerned about her daughter dating Spider-Man, and Xavier tells him that Spidey is a good guy. Meanwhile, the X-Men are fighting the Friends of Humanity with help from their newest member, Magician. But as the battle turns against them, the leader mutates and believes that the mutants are the cause as he gets very big and very muscled. With his new strength, he knocks out all of the team except for the magician who realizes that he can just depower him with his powers. And then, weirdly, Kitty is in love with him. What? Over Spider-Man? I think not. Yeah, magician sucks. Right. Meanwhile, at the hospital where Dazzler has been in a coma, I know, I know, it's very serious, Nightcrawler is there as she wakes up. And elsewhere at the Xavier Institute, Charlie goes to check on Jean, who is still under observation because she was told that she is insane, and Jean has a bunch of goblins that only she can see. Oh, Papa Chaz. Yeah, he's just too horny these days. All the time. But after Xavier checks on Kurt, who has been very avoidant, Nick Fury comes in to talk about Magician and wanting him on the Ultimates. Xavier's hesitant, but Fury checked on his parents, who everyone believed was dead, and Xavier's confused because he thought Fury brought him to school when Magician killed his parents, which Fury's surprised by. Xavier wonders if Magician was just using illusions or perceptions to get past everyone, and they go to confront him. Chi, meanwhile, learns to harness the Phoenix Fire. As the team flies back, Kitty keeps flirting with Magician, and when they land, they're stopped by Xavier and Fury, who reveal the Magician's parents are alive and everything else that's been going on has been him manipulating the team. Cyclops goes and attacks because he was angry that he got fooled, and Magician denies doing anything and starts accidentally wiping the team's mind so that they are all told to fight him. But in the fight, they start to forget and attack each other instead. In the battle, Magician becomes more and more violent, turning off Kitty's powers. Threatening to rip out Wolverine's adamantium and ultimately binding everyone in metal and preparing to kill them because they could not accept him before Jean, Phoenix Force of Flamin' comes in through the door. Back at the hospital, the nurse notices that Dazzler is missing. In the hangar at the mansion, Jean blasts Magician with fire so he summons the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants consisting of Blob, Toad, and multiple, multiple men. Wolverine calls Jean to free him, so she burns the bonds off of him and a lot of his flesh, and he starts attacking, slashing through the Brotherhood to let Jean focus on trying to shut down Magician. Wolverine eventually slashes Magician's throat before stabbing his chest, and Magician vanishes in a flash along with the Brotherhood. Everyone accepts that Magician is gone and needs to be more careful, and Fury sends a S.H.I.E.L.D. team to look out for him. The next day, though, Magician appears to apologize to Kitty because he couldn't control his powers that granted him what he wanted, but he doesn't want to bother the team anymore, so he leaves, and Kitty remembers none of it when Cyclops comes to talk to her. Which is fucking weird. Yep. Because she's just sitting there for, like, three pages while he's just going on this rant. It wasn't well done. Yeah, like, the mystery of Magician probably could have been held out a bit longer. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know that night wolverine smells Sabretooth nearby colossus confronts nightcrawler who has a backpack and xavier is on a date with a little who's actively into his dick ah oh, charles horny for all uh yeah so where do you think ultimate x-men magical goes on our list uh, pretty low because i didn't give a shit about magician uh fair like i feel like yeah if they're gonna do some cool like mystery at that i mean he should have stuck around probably for like 10 20 issues maybe like really let him work himself in there uh-huh then that'd be like a much cooler surprise rather than what did he show up last dark yeah yeah okay uh how do you feel about it compared to phoenix mm, Worse. Uh, I don't know if it's worse than Spider-Man Daredevil Punisher, though. Fair. So our new number 80 is uh, old Robbie Kirks with another bottom shooter, Ultimate X-Men, Volume 1, numbers 72 through 74, Magical, going right under the story that went before it. Up next, we have Ultimate X-Men Annual number 2, the first story, and it is Breaking Point. Written by Robbie Kirkman, with art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Jason Keith, and letters by Jill Caramagna. We get a flashback to start of Nightcrawler being sent in to kill someone by Weapon X. In the present, Rogue talks to Xavier about how she got Gambit's powers, and Xavier tells her that he thinks that Gambit's powers are leaving, but he isn't sure how long it will take. When we see Dazzler waking up at the hospital, so Nightcaller tells her that she has to hide and teleports her way into a sealed cave that somehow has oxygen? He lies and says that everyone else was killed or hiding, so she will have to wait. It's Robert Kirkman's favorite tip. Or it's Robert Kirkman's favorite trick. Yes, You know, just like when he did in Walking Dead. Oh, the hospital scene? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Xavier also talks to Wolverine, who mentions how he thinks that the school has been good for cooling his impulses before Xavier's interrupted with the call from the hospital saying that Dazzlers disappeared. And then he threatens to sue the hospital. Hell yeah. That's, That's actually hilarious. how Papa Charles really gets uh, the money for the school. Mm-hmm. Intentionally letting his kids get kidnapped so that he can sue the hospitals. And then collect on those death insurances. Mm-hmm. Dazzler, meanwhile, thanks Nightcrawler for saving her and getting supplies, but says that she still considers herself as being with Angel, so he leaves. Xavier organizes the team together and plans to send them to Dazzler's old club hangouts when Nightcrawler stops by and he offers to help. Wolverine asks to go with him, but Nightcrawler says no because Wolverine is too heavy, and so Wolverine lets him leave and then tells Xavier that Nightcrawler smelled like Dazzler and also called him fat
1: it's Bam. not
0: fat it's just heavy bones Mm-hmm. just like charles does with lalondra <laughs> oh you know it xavier assembles the team and tells wolverine to not kill and to go easy on him because nightcrawler was also on weapon x as nightcrawler returns with supplies kitty gets dazzler out of the hole and nightcrawler follows confronting the team and it turns into an incel rant it gets worse he gets called a freak by dazzler punches Wolverine for trying to help him, is homophobic to Colossus before teleporting him into the hole, and then he separates the rest of the team, like dropping Cyclops from the air, and Cyclops tries to do flyclops, and it does not work. Rogue tries to attack, and her Gambit powers stop working, and then Colossus surprises Nightcrawler as he emerges from the ground, and that allows Dazzler to attack, and Nightcrawler tries to apologize, and then... He refuses to stop doing what he's doing, and Rogue takes his powers and knocks him out. Later, Xavier refuses to turn Nightcrawler to shield, which is dumb. Plans to keep him stuck in a psychic coma to help him. Dazzler is rightfully pissed, and she quits the team. And then Rogue goes to Nightcrawler in the coma and says that he is a monster on the inside and the outside, and somehow this causes Nightcrawler to cry. Fucking hell yeah ultimate yeah ultimate night car sucks yeah i mean this is called breaking point for a reason because this was like i i think i remember reading this the first time being like oh no this is fucking garbage it i mean they could have done a redemption story and i think they tried with the story where it's like oh hey here's nightcrawler killing a guy because he was forced to at the beginning. Except that we don't get anything inside of his mind. We don't get to see how he thinks or how he has been traumatized by this. It's just him being cool and murdering a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I... I mean, this permanently ruins a character, knocks another character off of a team, and ultimately doesn't do anything of value. Nope. Oh. Would you be fine putting this under Ultimate Adventures Volume 1, Numbers 1 through 6? Sure. Stick it on down, Luke. Because I don't think it's Ultimate Iron Man levels of Incomprehensible. It's not. I understand what happened. It was just bad. Yeah. Because Ultimate Iron Man number two is bad. If we can, And we understand what happens. Ultimate Adventures is bad. And we understand what happens, not why it happens. And yeah, I think Ultimate X-Men Annual 2 falls into that category. So our new number 86 is breaking point after that we have ultimate x-men annual number two why xavier's cat is named mystique written by robert kirkman with art by leon francis you current illustrator on the x-men books who people have some opinions on mainly because he's not really good at like depicting emotion or quiet moments or people talking uh, with colors by Dean White and letters by Joe Caramagna. In the past, Mystique got angry at Xavier for hooking up with Emma Frost, so Emma Frost attacked Mystique and she left. Months later, Emma got a catch for them to share and it tore apart Charles' office, so Emma named it Mystique. It's dumb. LOLs. What's that? We're sensing a new number one? Fuck you. Oh. It was dub. It 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 is more wasted potential than anything. Oh hundred percent. Like it wastes that like very choice bit that uh Marky Mills dropped that you could have picked up on and done so much more with I I I think it's worse than magical. I disagree. Because it's short. Yep. Okay, I <sighs> yeah, I don't it was know the if backup I... page, whatever. <laughs> it was two pages of backup that yeah. ruin a really good bit and don't really add anything of value. Yeah. Okay, can we Put it between Phoenix and Magical? Sure. <laughs> so our new number 80 is uh X-Men Annual Number 2, why Xavier's Cat is named Mystique. We then have Ultimate Spider-Man numbers 95 through 96. Morbius, written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Mark Bagley, Inks by John Dell and Jimmy Palmiati, with colors by Richard Isenov, and letters by VC's Corey Petit. Once again, we get a flashback. To the story where Spider-Man ran into Blade, attacking a vampire, and Spider-Man let them get away until the vampire turned to attack him, so Blade killed the vampire and ran off, threatening Spider-Man. Now the news of Spider-Man dating Kitty Pride thanks to the events on Krakoa, are very public, and Kitty is afraid that they can't date, but their call is interrupted by everyone's favorite, J. Jonah Jameson, complaining about Ben Yurik reporting on vampires. Jameson refuses to print it, and Yurik hands the story to Peter to check out. It's a piece on Jennifer Grunwald, a librarian who met with a vampire. Grunwald. I'll say it how I like Luke, but she's named after the guy who wrote a bunch of Tomb of Dracula comics. It's a bit. It's a piece on Jennifer Grunwald, a librarian. <laughs> Grunwald. Who, <laughs> Grunwald. <laughs> Grunwald. It's a, it's a piece on Jennifer Grunwald. A librarian who met with a vampire who enchanted her and fed on her and then reported it to Yurik because she was afraid of what would happen. At school, Mary Jane confronts Peter with the image of him kissing Kitty and she's upset. When Peter brings up how Kitty can phase through things, Mary asks if he loves Kitty and he says not yet, but wants to. And then she asks if he knew Kitty before they broke up and when he admits that they did, she leaves. My current girlfriend can phase through walls. Can your current girlfriend phase through walls? No, my cur- I, cur- I sleep with my current girlfriend in a bed <laughs> at home. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Ben Yurik goes to visit Jennifer, who was turned into a sexy vampire lady, and feeds on him. So when Ben doesn't show up the next day, Peter remembers the story and swings over to Jennifer's apartment and sees a swarm of bats uh, attacking a giant wolf, majorly breaking the masquerade. The masquerade is part of Vampire the Masquerade, a role-playing game produced by White Wolf Games. For the, like, by people who are listening to this who got that thank you inside jennifer is trying to feed on ben and that's when morbius shows up spider-man tries to web them all and they get into a big fight with morbius chasing out the one vampire and staking jennifer killing her so spider-man flees with ben and brings him to a hospital when he tries to explain about vampires the doctors don't believe him but ben is still admitted which is weird and also he specifically mentions that he brought him to the Fantastic Four who didn't believe anything. But fuckers, you just met your zombie selves. Like, you should be jumping at this opportunity. I agree. Like if he had said, oh, they weren't home, that would be one thing. But we don't want to mess with vampires. You know who would mess with vampires? Victor Van Dam. Oh, hell yeah. Ben wakes up and Morbius visits offering to help, but Spider-Man, who is hiding in the ceiling, attacks and Morbius explains that he wants to help Ben not kill a full vampire. He explains that he fights his curse to oppose his father, Dracul. But when Morbius goes to bite him to suck out the vampire juices, Spider-Man freaks out and is tossed out of the room where the lights go out and more vampires appear. Also, Morbius is related to Doctor Doom in this universe. Yeah. They try to feed on Spider-Man, but his blood is radioactive, radioactive, so they can't feed on him, and Morbius comes and kills the other vampires. Morbius explains they can't use his blood and then shows him that Ben is cured and leaves, followed by Spider-Man. At school the next day, Peter's in a daze when they have to dissect a frog, and Mary Jane asks what's up, and he shows her the bite marks and says that he is overwhelmed, and Mary Jane is like, whoa, did Kitty do that to you? Cause that would be that would have been a funny bit, but no, actually, would've. the two just hug. I never had to really do a dissection thing in high school. Oh, really? I did. Like, I know there was no, I don't, yeah, I, I think I missed all the days where you had to actually cut into something. Oh, uh, we did the frogs, yeah. Did frog, that was like we did the cow eye, we did the pig heart, the lungs. Yolly gosh, what that was like eleventh or uh, tenth grade mostly. No, the cow eye oh. was like fifth grade. Oh, okay, so that was why I missed that one. Um, Matt Taylor and our yeah. partners, we had our dissected our frog, Bartholomew. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I also think you guys were in a more advanced uh,
1: science Yeah, class we were, than I we was were in
0: honors biology. Yeah, I was a slacker and proud of it, like this Bart Simpson shirt that I've been wearing for the past 30 years says. Nice. Uh, but yeah, Morbius. Morbius. You should change shirts from time to time, Luke, and wash them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, Morbius ain't great. Nope. I mean, there's just not a lot of that Spider-Man spark. Correct. Ultimate Morbius is bad. You aren't excited for the new movie starring Jared Leto? No. Also, hot take, I don't think Morbius is that good of a character in general. I like the first issue of the new series. Uh, I forgot he even had a new series. Yeah, Vita Ayala's writing it. I forget which uh, classics. Uh, the Melter. Yeah, he faces off against the Melter. Oh, that's cool. I guess. I remember the way he by was by like horror. a vampire hobo, and I thought that one, that series was stupid. Yeah, here it's written by a person who's not afraid to make Morbius horny, which I think is what you need for a new take on Morbius. Well, that's just getting it back to the original roots. Morbius was always horny in his original appearance. All right. Uh, better or worse than Ultimate Spider-Man Deadpool? Worse. Uh, a lot worse or just a little worse? Mm, decently worse. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Six? Mm, better. Better. Uh, ultimate nightmare worse all right so our new number 60 is ultimate spider-man volume one numbers 95 through 96 morbius we then have our next story ultimate spider-man annual number two written by brian michael bendis with pencils by mark brooks inks by jamie mendoza and mark morales and victor Olizaba, and mark brooks with colors by laura martin and laura milliner and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. Do you think there's a Corey Grande? Hopefully. Jean the Wolf is called to the hospital when she finds out that Moon Knight woke up from his coma, but then finds out that he already escaped the hospital when she gets there. Spider-Man, meanwhile, takes down the Shocker again and plans to leave him webbed up and wonders how he keeps escaping. I love Barkley. Ultimate Shocker. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Foggy Nelson is there to explain that Spider-Man hasn't properly pressed charges, and that's why Shocker keeps going free. So Spider-Man, emboldened by a civics lesson, brings the Shocker into d precinct, where she accepts the Shocker and wants to talk to him on the roof. d mentions how she needs help dealing with someone who can go places that she can't, and while he's initially hesitant, Spider-Man agrees to go after the target. Frank Alava, the kangaroo, who has been moving into the city. She asks Spider-Man to beat him up, and he's like, uh, "I'll do what needs to be done." And then he swings off using the address that she gave him. She then follows it up with a call to the Kingpin, yeah. saying that she sent Spidey after the kangaroo, and then they plan to meet later that night at 11 p.m. for sex. Hot date. Mm. Spider-Man heads to that address where he finds Daredevil fighting the kangaroo and his men in a bar before Daredevil tosses out Spider-Man, and then we get a flashback. Earlier, Matt Murdock, Daredevil's secret identity, and Foggy met with Mr. Arcadian about Frank Oliver, the kangaroo, as a client, and Daredevil decides to go after him using the address that Arcadian gave him. As Daredevil has the tables turned and Spider-Man heads back in, the Punisher fires a missile. And we get a flashback to the prison where he was the day before. Another inmate brags about being released and then picked up by his cousin, the kangaroo, who said, thanks for making the city easy pickings. So Punisher kills him with a lunch tray. The security guards sedate the Punisher and bring him to a hospital room, but he escaped where he's left unattended. Punisher starts shooting at Spider-Man and Daredevil, but luckily Moon Knight distracts him. We see it's in Moon Knight's mind where the personalities met up and decided to wake him back up in the hospital. Uh, where we saw that John DeWolf and escaped and headed home to get his supplies. Back in the present, Spider-Man tries to stop Moon Knight and Punisher from fighting as Daredevil tags Kangaroo. The previous day, the Kangaroo was approached by the Kingpin, who warns him to leave, and when he refuses, the Kingpin promises revenge in forms he'd never expect. You'll never see me coming! The police arrive, Daredevil vanishes, Spider-Man webs up the Punisher, and Moon Knight escapes. And Jean tells Frank Oliver, the kangaroo, that you never saw me coming. Because this is the revenge that came in shapes he'd never imagined. Spider-Man tells Jean that he webbed up the Punisher, but the Punisher escaped already and shoots Jean, killing her. And Spider-Man chases after him and asks why. Punisher explains that she was a dirty cop working with and fucking with the Kingpin. And Daredevil, who also showed back up there, explains that taking down the kangaroo was what the Kingpin wanted. Spider-Man webs up the Punisher again as Moon Knight watches across the rooftops. When Moon Knight gets home, he finds Daredevil waiting, and they reveal that they know each other's secret identities, and Daredevil reveals that he is building a team to stop Kingpin, who at that moment across town is not having sex with Jean DeWolf because she is dead now. R.I.P. Kingpin's sex life. Mm-hmm. Well, presumably he has other people he's having sex with. That's probably true. Hey, you having sex with the kingpin? Bada-bing, bada-boom! Yeah, I think this was a better story than Morbius, definitely. 100%. I feel, My biggest issue with it was I feel like the Gene Wolf thing was... Kind of Rock- a throwaway? Yeah. Yeah. Just because that like, was like a huge reveal when they revealed that she was working for Kingpin, just to kind of throw away on the annual. And she showed up in, like, books that appeared in, uh, like, other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Or she appeared in other books. Yeah. So, no, for me, it was, yeah, I was just a little bit rushed.
1: Could have Uh, turned that into
0: a cool big story arc. How do you feel about it compared to even we don't believe this? The body swap story. It's better than that. Uh, is it better than Fantastic Four uh, Frightful? Yes. A lot better or a little better? Eh, decently better. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Spider-Man Carnage, a.k.a. Little Ben? Not as good as Little Ben. Uh, Ultimate X-Men doesn't have to be this way? Better. Alright, so our new number 28 is Ultimate Spider-Man Annual 2, which did not have a subtitle. Not as and good then, as First Date. Nope. And then ultimately or and then finally we have Ultimate Fantastic Four, 33 through 38, God War. Written by Mike Carey of art by Pasquale Fairy, colors by Dave McKagan, mm-hmm. Justin Ponsor, and John Roush with letters by VCs Randy Gentile. Reed and Sue are trying to have a normal day out in the public at the mall when a mysterious group of aliens crash land in their flying bike thing. As the police, along with Reed and Sue, try and confront them, we see the members and the powers of the group, known as Seed-19. They consist of Threshold, the team leader who exists in energy forms and absorbs energy. Dreamcatcher, who can make illusions and also read minds and is also kind of a psychic construct. Grail Fountain... Who can manipulate biomatter so he can heal things and also hurt things. Maj- magnificent Brute, who is incredibly strong and can access any natural weapon, so like claws or poison. Tesseract, who can combine the strength of his alternate universe selves, and Vicni, who can make living constructs out of wood and other materials. Their vehicle, the Sky Eater, is damaged along with the Tesseract, so they run to go and hide in Central Park until they can figure out how to escape, leaving Sky Eater back at the all. Lieutenant Lumpkin comes to check in on Reed and Sue, and when they get home, they start looking into the Sky Eater, which they realize is dying. And Devin? Yes? Did you ever read the Forever People? No. Okay, yeah, this is a big Kirby riff neat uh uh for those of you playing at home the forever people was jack kirby's like jack kirby being the guy who loved punching nazis and fighting for what's real truly believed that hippies were going to change and fix the world and so his uh one of the books from the fourth world saga that he made was the forever people about super teens from new genesis who went and uh had adventures on earth and so this is a weird big homage to that neato Mm -hmm. there's a really good one where dark side traps all of them in an amusement park and the only people who can see them being tortured are tiny children and parents are immune to seeing the torture because they are so used to looking past evil nice Mm -hmm. it's good Oh, yeah, and it's also really confusing because the team is called Seed19, and then also the spirit inside of the bike slash the team leader is also sometimes called Seed19. Yeah, that, that was some poor decisions by Mr. Carey. Yeah, I, I, I get that you're trying to do like a weird comics thing, but it just made it very unclear. C-19 enters the Baxter building, and the defense team just sees Dreamcatcher, Grail Fountain, and Magnificent Brute as children, and Grail uses his power to make Johnny go Nova so he has to leave to avoid burning everyone. Brute then cuts through the thing's armor, knocking him out, and they head into the lab, and Dreamcatcher possesses Sue and realizes that they should not be enemies. Reed Richards, meanwhile, falls unconscious and meets with C-19, the spirit of the Sky Eater from the world of Halcyon, or something. Uh, she explains that the team fought to save Tesseract who was hurt. She realizes they're on the world because Rita's potential to make a dangerous weapon. But then she senses the appearance of Gallaglass, a member of the evil uh, Acheron, who Acheron. Long, Acheron, who along with the squadron of raven soldiers appear to hunt for the team. Uh, as the police surround him, he effortlessly explodes an entire block. Meanwhile, the rest of c 19 realize that they have made a mistake as everyone meets up and Reed asks them to take c 19 and go. Threshold shows him the danger that has already been shown and back in Central Park, alone with Vickney, Tesseract calls out to Galaglass who appears. Vickney tries to give Tesseract a chance to escape but is knocked out by his turned ally. The Fantastic Four in their fantastic car and c 19s other members in the Sky Eater run towards the base as Galaglass teleports away and the heroes follow after. On Asheron, Ronan, the accuser, waits for his father's resurrection that will happen in a few days. It is weird when they're like, oh yeah, no, we're going to use real names, or we're going to use actual Marvel names for yeah. a few of these. Galaglass, meanwhile, is working on trying to stabilize Tesseract, whose system is fighting the controls they put in him, and tells the ship's commander that he is free to do whatever he wants with the members of the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four lands in front of Gallaglass, who rips it apart without any issue, hurting Sue as the other members fight, and along with Seed 19, they fail to hurt him or do any major damage. Luckily, Dreamcatcher uh, converts energy to assume a form and is able to save Sue and help her out. Elsewhere, lives of the enemies of Asheron are fed to help and resurrect Thanos, who is interested in finding this Reed Richards. Sue meanwhile returns to face Gallo Glass and rips a hole into his shield, exposing him uh, in his shield, causing him to explode because he's made of antimatter. So whatever he touches, actual matter, it causes big explosions. Sue, Johnny, Ben, and Reed escape onto the planet Picks with a unconscious Tesseract. Altogether worse for wear, with Johnny mysteriously unable to heat up until Sue realizes that Dreamcatcher was hiding inside of him. And Dreamcatcher explains that the rest of Seed-19 also escaped. Meanwhile, Thanos manifests on the planet and orders the local soldiers to hunt for Reed Richards with help from Thanos' son, Ronan. And the Fantastic Four then split up with Thing and Dreamcatcher leaving Reed, Sue, and Johnny to try and find a way to fix Tesseract. Elsewhere, Seed-19's spirit talks to Darlin of Halcyon. Darian. For whatever to darian of halcyon the leader of the seed teams on the world tree and warns the dangers if reed talks to thanos ben disguises a soldier around until he sees an execution and interrupts it reed and sue end up finding the memory implants in tesseract and work together to remove them from tesseract but then ben rushes in with soldiers ca- uh, cash- crashing from a distance and ben is chasing. what chasing yeah. from a distance and Ben is suddenly possessed by Thanos. He explains he's been looking for Reed and threatens Ben's life if he does anything. He believes in subjugate wills, and he... (laughs) I am coming down with some bug right now, and so we're getting to the part where I didn't have time to reread the notes, and so there's lots of fun bits in here. He believes in subjugating wills, and he wants Reed to make a mysterious cube for him so he can overwrite the wills of more people, but Reed resists. Meanwhile, C19's remaining four members believe the Fantastic Four, along with Dreamcatcher and Tesseract, are dead as they see Ronan appear on the planet, who is more concerned with dealing with the locals than the Fantastic Four. Thanos, meanwhile, moves to threaten to kill Johnny, but Reed reaches out to Ben, who, with the help from Dreamcatcher, breaks the control because of Ben's will and then the soldiers outside attack. Meanwhile, Ronan begins setting something up at the former Senate House of Picks. Dreamcatcher and Reed, meanwhile, merge the team together and cause a massive explosion, taking out the enemies with a flaming shield before opening a portal back to Earth. Unfortunately, though, Ronan's bonds with the Universal Weapon cause Pix and Earth to splice together, and he prepares to judge the Fantastic Four in the Judgment Zone that he has created. Ronan starts fighting, and the Universal Weapon is able to depower most of the team without an issue. Luckily, Seed19 sees him and convinces Dreamweaver to try and help Tesseract as the rest of the team moves to fight. Dreamweaver works to undo Tesseract's mind control and he enters into the battle, but is still challenged by the power of the Universal Weapon. Ronan ends up knocking Tesseract out, so Reed suggests that Dreamweaver uh, boost all of them and they pour their energy into Threshold, who... With the power, everybody is able to take a blast from the Universal Weapon, and then Ben is able to steal the Universal Weapon and knocks Ronan out with it. The threshold then steals some of Reed's sperm with a kiss somehow, and as the world start to break apart and the teams leave, uh, Reed asks them to look after Picks, and they are joined by other soldiers from Halcyon who will help them to guard that planet. Later, Reed is going through the files that Dreamcatcher put into his mind and is thinking about Thanos wanting Reed to build that cube and focuses on it, unaware that Thanos is guiding him to build that cube. Oh yeah, love me. Yeah, gotta build that cube. Uh, yeah, it's it feels completely different than all the Fantastic Four that has come before. Agreed. And I want to see where it goes because I like this Kirby riff, but here it's not super clean. Nope. On what's happening. Uh, I would put it above, Mm. I think it's comparable to President Thor in that they're both a bit weirdly confusing, but this brings in a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, how about we put this under X-Men World Tour above Ultimate Spider-Man Hobgoblin? Let's do it all right so our new number 41 is ultimate fantastic four god war and Devin, you wanted to do a special segment that we'll only do one episode of because our next episode is going to be our holiday special yes it's time um, for that marvel funko advent calendar celebration <laughs> yep uh so i've opened the first three days and we're both going to open the fourth one now for this unboxing audio what have you got for your first three days luke let the people know uh the first day there was nothing in the box oh man and then i believe i got a captain american iron man on the second day and then a hulk to uh yesterday which was the third nice that, is, I, that is a very different assortment from what i got I had She-Hulk on day one, comic book Gamora on day two, and yesterday was an Iron Fist. (laughs) Very weird. Yeah. Well, let's open up our number fours. Uh, Okay. So, so, so so considering that my picks have been more standard, who do you think that I got? You got the big three already. I would say you got probably got a Thor. Uh huh. Bam. That's correct. Considering my weirder assortment, can you have any idea what I got? Uh, Ant-Man. Nope. Rocket. No, more closer related to Ant-Man. Hawkeye. No. Uh. Not necessarily a hero. Ultron. Bam, you got it. (laughs) Wild. Very wild indeed. Yeah, the, the order that these are coming in is... ...fascinating. Well, I would have assumed that yours would have been more what the end was. You don't think they'd start with the big ones? I felt like they kind of might have like ended with the big ones. Maybe. But I've learned yours is by far more common than mine is. Mm-hmm. I did Google some people to get She-Hulk, but no one else has posted any of the other ones that are close to mine. But yeah, you got your heavy hitters right out the gate where I got all the more obscure characters. All right, well, uh, Devin. Yes, Luke? Uh, in two weeks, we're going to be doing our holidays special. That's right. And then the week after that, on the 29th, do you know what we're going to be covering? Some Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Uh, we are going to be covering the Ultimate Clam Saga. Sorry, the Ultimate Clone Saga. And also, uh... Oh, no, that's all just going to be the fucking Clone Saga. Let's just say Mr. Bendis is able to uh, make that one go a bit better than the original one did. I am glad to hear that. Well, Well, mostly because it gets it all into like eight fucking issues instead of like nine issues. Okay. And one of those is going to be number 100. Whatever, but it still didn't last like seventy like the original did fair uh yeah uh i've gotten most of the script done for the christmas special it's going to be magical i don't know if i'm actually going to be in it as anything but the writer because abby has said she wants to play the part of luke so you know we'll see how it goes let's see how it goes uh yeah Devin, if people want to see how you're doing online where can they find you Why, oh, that's right you can follow me online at fred O'Fett. that's f-r-e-d-d-o-f-e-t-t and luke where can people find you you can find me on twitter at at coltreg that's k-o-l-t-r-e-g uh x is done now so you you better start catching up on it rip and uh yeah it's uh it's gonna be something uh multiversal q slash multiversal q is a alternating weekly podcast we got our holiday special coming up and then we're going to get back into that ultimate stuff uh this second year of the ultimate universe is going to bring us from the ultimate clone saga all the way to uh cataclysm oh yeah goody yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we'll have like two more episodes to wrap up after that. That's good. Mhm. You know, I I'm very much looking forward to let's see when we're going to start hating to do this podcast. Uh I don't know cuz actually I liked a lot of the stuff that happened after Ultimatum. Yeah, I, I was looking to find when we are doing Ultimatum again. I mean, Ultimatum itself sucked, but... Like, some good new changes came out of that. Johnny Hicks' is, uh, Ultimates was good for a decent while, as was his X-Men. Ben uh, did a good job on Ultimate Spider-Man, and then Ultimate Miles was good. Oh, well, yeah, Ultimatum is going to happen in May. It's gonna be May! cool yeah uh well if you're enjoying this strange journey that we're going on or that our alternate universe selves went on before us uh please leave us a review or rating also we have an updated thing for the patreon where if you donate money we are going to try and get our old alternate universe selves to do more episodes covering just standard alternate universe comics but uh, I'm getting down with the sickness, and it is almost 11 p.m. as we are recording this. So I need to get to bed and get sleepy tight. It's 1040, you baby. That's only two-thirds of the way till 11 o'clock. It's gonna be May. Bam. Catch and on the flip mode. Peace.